Hi, my name is Cami. I'm I'm actually the pastor of the church up the road here. Um, and what's your name? My name is George. George, awesome, George. <laughs> so, George, um, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. How about you? Do you have any religious background? Oh, I I go to church every once in a while. Okay. Weddings, Christmas, Easter. Okay, okay, that's awesome. So you consider yourself to be like related to the Christian faith, and you hold the Bible to be truth for the most part. And yeah. stuff like, okay, okay, fair enough. Now, if God forbid something happened to you today, you think you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell? Oh, I'm definitely going to heaven. Okay. So let's say that you are at the gates of heaven and God is asking you, why should I let you in? What would you say? Oh, I'm a really good person. I've never been arrested. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I've never done drugs. Awesome. Well, that's all good. God does, does appreciate when we try to do good and obey his commandments. However, there is a way in the Bible that we can know, even before we die and stand before God, if we are good enough or not for, for God to enter into heaven. Are you familiar with the Ten Commandments? Yeah, I've heard of those. Okay, good, good, good. One of these Ten Commandments is you shouldn't bear false witness. That means you shouldn't lie. Have you ever lied before? Yeah, a couple white lies here. No, white lies, here you go. But a lie is a lie, right? Now, um, another one of these Ten Commandments also is um, you should honor your parents. Have you ever disobeyed, dishonor your parents at all? Everybody does. Everybody does. So... You can go through a couple more if you would like to. But here we go. Like, we went through two of these commandments, and you broke the two that we have gone through. Just by a little bit. Just by a little bit, right. And guess what? I broke more of these commandments as well. I'm just as bad, probably. But do you know, um, if you are to stand before God today, and imagine that it's a court setting, and God is the judge, and God is judging you not by comparing you to me or to anybody else, but by comparing you to his commandments and his law, do you think you're innocent or guilty? Just a little bit guilty. Just a little bit guilty. Well, guess what? When it comes to the law, guilty is guilty, right? You cannot be a little bit guilty. We're all guilty before God. And what you just said actually is exactly what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that the whole world is guilty before God. Even one of us has sinned against God. You might have lied. Somebody else has stolen things somebody else has murdered but the fact of the matter is we're all guilty before a holy and a righteous god does that make sense to you yeah i guess okay <clears throat> so now even imagine that here on earth when you go to court and you stand before the judge and you're confessing to your guilt like let's say it's me and i was speeding or i robbed the bank let's say i robbed the bank stand before the judge i confess to my guilt before the judge that i did break the law what do you think are my option before the judge at that point? Well, you've confessed to being guilty. Right. So what should the judge do? Can the judge let me go free? No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. What if I tell the judge that I'm sorry for robbing the bank? Well, I think that's nice, but you still robbed the bank. Right, right. So the fact that I'm feeling regretting what I've done is not good enough to let, to let the judge let me go free. How about if I robbed the bank 10 years ago, and since then, I have not been caught and have been behaving really good. And now I caught, I'm caught 10 years later. Do you think the judge will let me go free because I behaved very well in the last 10 years? Well, he really shouldn't. He, he should. still brought the bank. Right, right. So, and that's exactly what happens when we stand before God. God is a judge. And the Bible tells us that sin is breaking the law of God. Like when God says, don't lie, that's kind of his law. When we lie, we break that law. And just like when we stand before the earthly judge and we broke the law, we don't have any options, we must be punished. 
It's the same thing when it comes to God. He's a holy and a just and a righteous judge. And when we break his law, we're under his punishment. And just like when the earthly judge doesn't care if we feel sorry for what for breaking the law or if we had been overall good people with the exception of robbing banks, that's the only problem we have. Nothing like that matters to the judge because the judge cares about one simple question. Did you break the law or did you keep the law, right? And we all broke the law and because of that, we're all under the punishment and the judgment of God. Do you see then how we kind of stuck before God because we all sinned, because we all broke his law and because of that we're kind of stuck under his punishment in a way? Yeah, I can kind of get that. Sure. Now let me make this even a little bit more complicated. Imagine that the judge happened to be your father or a friend of yours. So now because he is your friend, he cares about you, he doesn't want you to go to jail. But the flip side of that coin is he's a judge. He's sworn an oath to uphold the law, right? Do you think the judge should let you go free just because he's your father or your friend? be nice if he would, but he probably shouldn't. He will be a corrupt judge if he does that, right? Yeah. So in a way, if the judge happened to be a person that cares about you, that judge in a way is kind of in, in a dilemma in a way. Part of him wants to let you go because he cares about you. But part of him has to punish you because he's a judge, right? And that's kind of where God is in a way. Part of him, he loves us. The Bible says God is love. He's, he doesn't want anybody to die and go to hell because he loves every one of us. But the flip side of that coin is he's a just judge. He has to punish our sins. Do you know how God can do both in the same time? How he can forgive us our sins and let us go into heaven, yet in the same time be just and punish our sins. No, I don't. You don't. And honestly, nobody probably knows because the answer is in the Bible, in Christianity. The Bible tells us the answer to that. And no other religion even attempted to answer that question. And that's for me, that's like sometimes you can say that. That's for me one of like the reason why for me Christianity is truth versus any other religion, because no other religion answer that question. Every other religion tells you just do good and hopefully at the end of the, your life your good works will outweigh your bad works and God do it in a curve and you get you in. But that's not the case because God is just in as much as he's loving. And the Bible tells us the answer. And the answer is that Jesus came down from heaven. Jesus is the son of God. He came down from heaven and he died on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross he paid the price of our sins. Let's imagine the whole court analogy again. The judge, my father, he want to let me go free, but he can't. And I'm stuck under the penalty of breaking the law. Then you come in as my friend and you pay my bail to the court or do whatever it takes to satisfy the court requirement. Now that the court requirement has been satisfied, the judge can let me go free, not because he's a corrupt judge, not because he compromised his justice, but because his justice has been satisfied. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price. He paid for our sins. And because he paid for our sins, now God, even though he's still a just God, is willing to let us go free and forgive us the sins that we have committed. Right? Follow me? Yeah. Follow now, me. do you see how... I like that question. Do you see how if Jesus would have not died on the cross, there would have been no way for us to enter into heaven? Yeah, I can... I get that. Because if he would have not died, we still would have been stuck under the penalty of breaking the law of God. So there's no way that anybody could ever enter into heaven without Jesus dying on the cross. And Jesus who died on the cross 
rose again from the dead on the third day. And because he's alive, he can give us the power to change. So everything that George or Cammy need in order for us to go into heaven, to enter into heaven, God has provided when Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead on the third day. Any questions so far? Make sense? That's Easter, right? That's Easter, right? That's the Christmas and Easter, right? <laughs> now, the Jesus died for everybody. He rose again for everybody. But guess what? That doesn't mean that everybody is going to end up in heaven. We still have part to do, not as far as earning God's salvation, but how we can receive or take advantage of what Jesus has done for us. I'm just going to close in two minutes. Here is what the Bible tells us we need to do. Remember that the root of the problem is sin, right? That's, yep. that's what separates us from God. What God wants us to do is to be willing to leave sin, all sin, alone and make a commitment to start living for him. But this has to be like a sold out 100% commitment to live for Jesus. Let me use this analogy. I'm married, okay? When I went to my wedding ceremony, I stood before my wife, before God, and before the people, and I pledged 100% of my heart and my affection and my future to my wife. Do you think our marriage would have worked if I would have said, like, let's say my wife is a brunette. Do you, do you think it would have worked if I told my wife, you're the last brunette I will ever date? Do you think it would have worked this way? No. No, no. I have to be like 100% sold out. Not 90% of my heart. 100% of my heart should be invested into it. Because if I don't put the 100%, even though the marriage can last for a week or a month or a year, it's ultimately going to fail because I am not 100% invested in that marriage, right? And that's kind of what God expected from us. He doesn't want us to give him the 90% or 95% of our heart. He wants us to give him 100% of our heart. It doesn't mean that we have to be perfect before we come to him, but we have to be willing to leave every sin and start living for him. And if we have that desire, if we're willing to make that commitment, then the living Christ who rose again from the dead on the third day will come into our heart and he will give us the power to change. That's why the Bible says if anyone in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. When Jesus comes into your heart, he changes everything. You become a brand new person. Do you see now how the death and resurrection of Christ is really all that we need? Because when Jesus died, he paid the price of our sins, satisfied the justice of God. And when he rose again, now he's alive and he can give us the power to change if we allow Jesus to come into our heart and change us. Does that make sense? That makes sense. All right. Now it's up to you. Now you heard all of this. Is that something you would want to consider? Just make that commitment to follow Jesus. But remember, this is a big, big commitment. So like, I want you to think about it. Think very carefully because you need to count the cost. Are you really willing to invest that much to live for Jesus? Or you just want to think about it. And this is what I do personally. Just try to see if people want to give them a way out to see if they want to take it, you know, to make sure. But anyways... That's it. And then the people decide if they want to receive it or not. And that's it. Do you see, did you guys hear that? Um, How long did that take? 11 minutes and 20.